0: Welcome to the Mad Max Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we break down Mad Max one minute at a time. I'm Rick.
1: And I'm Julia. And today
0: we're talking about Minute 65, which begins with Jesse leaving the farmyard, and it ends with motorcycles arriving on the cliff above the beach. Happy Friday, Julia.
1: It's Friday.
0: End of the week. So we start off today with Jessie walking through some trees. She just talked to, to May, and now she's heading on her way out. And I think... When I first watched this movie, the thing that surprised me most about it was how green everything was and how many trees there were. Because before I watched Mad Max for the first time, I had only ever seen Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome. And those are far more barren and desert-us, desert than uh, this movie is.
1: Yeah, there's a, <clears throat> there's a, a stereotype, the, the outback. The desert, the wasteland, if you will, that gets featured prominently in movies. And that is, it's just not the case.
0: Yeah, it's certainly not the case in this area. I jumped on the website for Australia's Department of the Environment, and they have a ton of information about things called ecoregions, which I had not known about before doing all this research. So an ecoregion... contains geographically distinct groups of plants and animals that have evolved in relative isolation, separated by features such as oceans or high mountain ranges. According to the DOE, they have counted 14 that you can find across the globe, 14 distinct eco-regions that exist. Australia is home to eight of them. I'm not saying that Australia possesses eight, and then there's just however many left for the rest of the world. It's just you can find ecoregions in more than one continent. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, the one that we most commonly associate with Australia is the uh, Deserts and Zurich Shrublands ecoregion, which kind of dominates the, the center and western part of the continent. But, I mean, there's everything on Australia from Mediterranean forests to temperate grasslands. There's even a tropical and subtropical moist broadleaf forest region kind of along the the northeast coast there when you get up towards the Horn. I don't know what they call that spiky peninsula bit on top of Australia.
1: Maybe you nailed it on the head. Maybe they call it the spiky peninsula bit.
0: Oh, I sure hope (laughs) not because that is a dumb name that I just made up. I'm
1: sure it has a name like the something peninsula.
0: Yeah, Uh, but... The area that we're primarily looking at with Mad Max, that kind of Melbourne area, Mm -hmm. is pretty much dominated by temperate broadleaf and mixed forest region, which pretty much can be found pretty much the entire east coast down to the southeast coast, down to Tasmania. And it looks exactly like we're looking at here. Kind of reminds me of New England, actually.
1: Yeah, you said... Part of that is mixed, what was the name of it again?
0: Um, temperate broadleaf and mixed forest.
1: Now, is that two separate or is that one all one? That's one, one
0: ecoregion. Because okay. we
1: have lots of mixed forests.
0: Yeah, and it's cool that as far as the region ecoregions are concerned, if you go north of Melbourne, you get into another ecoregion that's temperate grasslands, savannas, and shrublands, which is very much like... All of the long road stretches we've seen so far mm-hmm. covers a lot of that. If you go to the northwest of Melbourne, you see a lot of Mediterranean forests, woodlands, and scrub. That kind of thing where it's still probably more grown up than regular old grasslands, but it's still like more green. Okay. it's It's very cool just to see, to get this different view of Australia that we're really going to lose out on in the movies down the road. Yes. Yeah. And by the time we reach Fury Road, we abandoned Australia altogether in favor of Africa. So yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. Certainly.
1: So as Jesse leaves the farmyard, the dog leaves Mae's side and joins Jesse,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I'm really glad that they did this because we get a lot of cues from the dog. I really wish the dog had a name. Like in all my notes. It's just dog. But the dog plays in the next three minutes plays kind of a big part. So I I wish that we had a name to call the dog.
0: Do you want to name the dog ourselves?
1: Yes let's name the dog.
0: Let's see what would be a good name for a dog that was bought on the side of the road across the street from a BP oil plant. Hmm. Benno is taken.
1: Yeah let's um I'm gonna look up common Australian names.
0: Hmm. I mean Jesse called him mate once but that's not a name that's like calling a dog guy. Right. Or buddy. Um, let's
1: see. Mm. Okay. Top dog <laughs> Okay. So, the 100 top dog and cat names in Australia. Dogs. Number 1, Jesse. Number 2, <laughs> Max.
0: Of course.
1: Yes. Number 3, Sam.
0: Okay. So
1: we got Sam, Jack, Tasha, Chloe, Bonnie, Toby, Molly, Ben. Mm. Any of these
0: I like Toby. I like Toby for a dog name. Okay. Yeah. It just sounds like a name of someone that like is just going to try hard. You know, they might not hit the mark, but you know, they're going to, they're going to give it their best show. Okay. It's how it sounds to me.
1: Okay. So we've named the dog Toby. Okay. Okay.
0: I'm glad, uh, we, where glad we hammered we? that out.
1: <laughs> where were we in the minute?
0: So you were talking so... about how Toby was catching up to Jesse and how he adds something to this walk out to the beach
1: yes, he he reacts to a couple of audio cues mm-hmm. that really add tension to this minute. Mm. I love it. I think they used him great, so, as we are with Jesse and Toby leaving the farmyard, mm. there's no music playing Just Birds. And the scene seems very peaceful. I mean, it's it's very picturesque. You know, a nice walk down to the beach. You got your best dog. It's a beautiful day. Birds chirping. It's perfect. Mm.
0: And we're kind of doing a nice tracking shot across this landscape as Jesse's kind of walking down a hill. And as we track across one of the trees, we see like a big old hand... Just kind of come into the frame.
1: Yes, and it it ruins this lovely scene.
0: Yeah, because the soundtrack comes in and it sounds kind of ominous. Yeah, it
1: gets darker. And we don't know for sure whose hand it is. Do we want to speculate now?
0: I think it's pretty safe to speculate. Because based on the size of the hand and you can see a little bit of shirt cuff. And based on, you know, what we see minutes down the road, it tells me that this is Benno.
1: Yes, Yes, I I agree.
0: We're not going to see him until sometime next week, I think. But, like, he's he's a big guy and he wears a, you know, flannel checked shirt. And I think he's just really, unfortunately, cast in a sinister light based on the soundtrack. Because if you take the soundtrack out of the equation, just watch it on mute. I mean, the fact that his hand is there is kind of incidental. It's not scary in any way because there's no music cue telling you to be worried about it.
1: Yeah, the music in this scene is really controlling our emotions. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As any good soundtrack does.
0: <laughs> exactly. Brian May's got to earn his paycheck there.
1: Yep. So Toby runs off. It's not exactly clear in what direction he runs off, but he separates himself from Jesse. Mhm. And this is this is the one of the parts that I really love. So he's just running along, just happy as a clam. And there's the sound of a crow, and Toby stops short. Mhm. I like that they put the sound of the crow in here we've we've heard it throughout but never never before this minute and the minute's coming up has it been so strongly identified with the bikers right this scene and a few that follow make it incredibly obvious that that is an audio cue for the bikers like we have Jesse's song and we have the dispatcher for the MFP well for the bikers, we have the crow. and yeah. It's very strong in these few minutes.
0: I kind of feel like the movie has been pushing us in that direction this entire time. Because yeah. a lot of the scenes where we've seen the bikers, we've heard crow sound effects. And yes. so now that we are absent a view of the bikers, they're playing that crow sound effect. And we're starting to think, oh yeah, bikers are nearby.
1: Yes, they've programmed us before now. Mm-hmm. in In just watching the movie, what's about to happen, I never saw and it's incredibly creepy. Yeah. It's one of those things that makes you not want to look out your window at night and like into the dark woods because something's gonna be there. Mm -hmm. So after the dog stops short, there is a quick, did you happen to count how many frames?
0: It's actually just shy of two seconds. Okay. Probably about a second and a half. So
1: if you're not watching frame by frame, it's pretty quick. Of two men in Full biker gear standing just amongst the trees, and they're not moving, they're just standing still. Yeah. I think the one in the back actually does move a little bit.
0: Yeah, but they don't move a lot.
1: Yes, it's extremely creepy. Yeah. And me, without the ability to go frame by frame, I saw two men, both in full gear, helmets. I don't think we saw their hands, but I'll bet you they were wearing gloves. One of them in all black, head to toe, and one of them in black clothing. And a white or silver helmet, mm-hmm. and I was willing to bet that you were going to get a better look and figure out who, which bikers they were.
0: Oh yeah! All through this walk to and for the days down the road from the beach, I made sure to be very meticulous about looking at who, who was, was who,
1: where. And so yeah,
0: that way when we when we play the little game of guess that biker, I'd have all the right answers. Yes. So the shadowed figures that we see here. The one on the left, you can kind of kind of make out he has a like furry fringe on his shoulder. He's got a black helmet with goggles. Okay. Which is toe cutter. Yeah. That's his get up. Yep. And then the one on the left, like you said, dressed all in black with a white helmet. Uh, it could also be looked at as kind of like a silvery helmet. Mm-hmm. Where black clothing, silver helmet, that's Bubba.
1: Yes. Which and it makes sense that they're together. Exactly. They like to hang out together.
0: Yeah, where Toe Cutter goes, Bubba follows. That's just how Bubba does. It's
1: their relationship.
0: (laughs) And I like that they're not moving all that much, because it's almost like they noticed the dog stop to look. And so they kind of did a freeze. Right. Because after we're looking at them for, like I said, like two seconds, not even that long, the dog just kind of runs off again.
1: Yeah, loses interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if I learned anything from Jurassic Park, it's that if you stay still, they can't see you. You're making a face.
0: I am making a face because all of the. What are they called? Um, not cryptozoologists. All those people oh, that study.
1: Paleontologists?
0: Is it paleontology? I...
1: That studies dinosaurs? Yeah. I know that from friends.
0: Yeah, so all the paleontologists came out after Jurassic Park, and they said, hey, that's, that's not, true. not how it works. Okay, well, in my defense, <laughs> everything I know about
1: dinosaurs is either from Friends or Jurassic Park.
0: That is...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those are two very distinct points on a map that could definitely <laughs> be used to triangulate a point. <laughs> okay. I, say, I will definitely give you that. <laughs> But yeah, I think in this point, because you know, Toby is kind of a puppy, so his attention He's isn't going to be held razor sharp on right, what could just be shadows in a tree.
1: Right. And there's enough in those woods, animals running, and birds, and squirrels. Jesse out there somewhere, and squirrels, <laughs> to catch his attention.
0: Yeah. Now, speaking of Jurassic Park, Jesse probably could have done well if instead of picking up a dog on the side of the road they had picked up like a couple of velociraptors
1: well yeah because
0: then the velociraptors would have just eaten the bikers okay if she picked up
1: a velociraptor on the side of the road she'd still be alive well no probably not the velociraptor probably would have eaten her first
0: yeah yeah
1: but then it would have gone after the bikers
0: i mean if jurassic world taught us anything velociraptors aren't necessarily known for their loyalty no they tend to switch allegiances rather quickly in that movie
1: Although and Max, rather
0: distressingly.
1: <laughs> Although Max does strike me as a type of person who can command loyalty. Oh. He is strong of personality. Yeah. And strong of leadership.
0: I, I imagine that if you had a, you know, let's say three or four velociraptors, color-coded names or whatnot. Uh-huh. I feel like Max is definitely like a lone wolf type of guy that they would probably follow just because they recognize that he's an alpha type. Yes. I wouldn't say he's Which a cultivating, you know, hands-on leader. Like, I don't see Max ever being a toe-cutter as far as being able to No,
1: and isn't that—it's been a long time since I've seen Road Warrior, but isn't that one of the plot points, is that they want him to stay? Yeah. They recognize him as an alpha, and they want him to stay. Yeah, they recognize
0: his skills and whatnot, and they want to use those skills, but he just wants Uh, to leave. But he
1: wants to leave. Yeah. Okay. Not sure where that leaves us, (laughs) but— How about back at the minute? Yeah. Where were we?
0: Yeah, let's let's leave the Velociraptors and the speculation out and rejoin Jesse just walking through the woods with her giant bag and her umbrella.
1: Yes. So Toby gets back to Jesse mm. and th- this whole time the ominous music has continued. When we cut back to Jesse, some lighter notes start coming in. Mm. The ominousness isn't gone. It's just that it's mixed in with some lighter, happier music.
0: Yeah, and it definitely starts to overpower the ominous stuff because as she's walking towards the camera, the next cut that we get is, you know, sitting at the beach. Yes. And she kind of runs into the water. Yeah, and the music
1: music fades out. Mm -hmm. And it's just her and the water. Like seagulls. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, that water. (laughs) It is still winter. Here in New England. Mm-hmm. It is a painfully long winter this year. So this scene of her running into the water just made me ache for the beach. Mm-hmm. And especially, I, I've wanted to go on like a, a blue water vacation like my entire life. Yeah. That's my favorite thing in the world is blue water. Clear blue water. And oh, I just love it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a pretty nice spot. So this beach specifically is Red Bluff which is located immediately north of Black Rock. And that's information that I pulled from MadMaxMovies.com. They gave the location. And they gave me a specific location on a map, and I was able to look it up on Google Maps. Mm -hmm. And as we're watching the movie, this beach looks incredibly remote.
1: Yes, it looks very secluded. And actually, it seems larger than what I was picturing based on Jesse's description. Mm Mm-hmm. Like oh, I don't I don't recall exactly how she put it. To Max, <clears throat> she said May told her about a swimming spot mm-hmm. down past the woods.
0: Yeah, May told her about the little beach down by the trees.
1: Yes, this seems like much bigger than a little beach. Yeah, <laughs> much bigger than I was picturing.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially because it's got that big rocky outcropping on one side. Yes. Um, yeah it's it's not a small beach in reality and. Like I said, it looks remote. It looks Mm -hmm. like there's not a lot out there. Yes. But if you look at the satellite image like I do, because that's what I do, (laughs) uh, you've pretty much got the beach, you've got the cliff, there's kind of a path and a parking area, and then there's a beach road that kind of goes up. It's kind of a large, it's kind of a Route 1 type of situation. Okay. It's the the main avenue there. But right on the other side of that road... Literally, depending on how strong your arm is, a stone's throw from the beach (laughs) is just tons of houses.
1: Ah, okay.
0: big old developed area. There's golf courses and country clubs and just
1: tons of stuff. Nice area.
0: Yeah, very nice area. Okay. Um, What is kind of nice about the area, though, is it's only about a half an hour south of the center of Melbourne. Oh, okay. And...
1: I don't know why. I picture everything being north of Melbourne. Yeah. (laughs) When it's in reality, it's all over the place. But I just, yeah, I picture everything being north.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because uh, the last beach we went to was kind of southwest of Melbourne, and this beach is kind of southeast of Melbourne because you get that giant bay yes. that Melbourne sits on. Okay, but
1: so looking at the satellite view, how like walking, like Jesse mm-hmm. walking, how do you get to the beach?
0: So as because you're,
1: that's a big cliff.
0: Yeah. So as you're driving down Beach Road, they have a, a car park area. That's uh, labeled B13. So remember that when we eventually make our way to Australia for for a vacation someday. We'll take Beach Road down to Car Park B13. And then you take a quick little path from the car park over to the kind of Outlook area. And then I couldn't see very specifically how you get down to the beach. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff along there What if it's
1: just a staircase? You know,
0: that should let you down there.
1: Yeah. Because that's something I remember when we, my family, went on vacation to Prince Edward Island. We rented a house on the beach. We had to go down this cliff, mm-hmm. which provided its own adventure, but there was a, like a big, long, rickety staircase heading down the cliff.
0: Yeah. I can see how that might be a little harrowing at times. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the house also came with a little. Oh goodness, what's the name? A silverfish? Like a little sailboat for two? Think
0: aren't they called sunfish?
1: Sunfish. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Sunfish.
0: I remember sailing one of those at Boy Scout camp.
1: Yeah, it was a little boat for two. So my dad, who is a sailor, both you know submarines and sailboats, so sailor in every sense, took my sister out, who was early 20s mm-hmm. at the time. I was early 20s too. And so we had to lower the boat like on a rope down the cliff. And it was an adventure. Okay. That, so I'm going to go ahead and tell this story. It makes me look really bad. <laughs> my parents are going to kick out of this. So I'm, I think, underneath the boat kind of guiding it. I think my dad was at the top with the rope taking the weight. Well, as I'm guiding it, something like spilled on my leg like something warm and yeah. gross it was like warm water spilled on my leg and I just thought it was some water trapped in the bottom of the boat that had sloshed out yeah
0: like bilge water or something yes
1: so I was like ew gross anyways and we finished they went sailing yeah it was a plug a plug had popped out <laughs> and some bilge water had spilled out on my leg and okay I, yeah so my dad and my sister go sailing out on St. Lawrence Bay I believe it is. Okay. Out by East Point, Prince Edward Island. And my mom and I are sitting on the beach and they're not coming back and not coming back and not coming back. And it's been a while and we have binoculars and eventually we see like a convergence of some boats Mm -hmm. and like the Canadian version of the Coast Guard. And then one of the boats comes near to shore and oh no, no. First thing that happens is... My sister comes walking up the beach like dead tired. Mm-hmm. She's an excellent swimmer. And if I remember correctly, she had swum for shore
0: <laughs> and had made it.
1: I mean, they weren't that far out. Yeah. Um. So she was really tired and she had walked up the beach. And then the Coast Guard boat brought my dad back to shore. And I think, yeah, they had towed the sailboat that was completely full of water.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Did you ever find the plug?
1: Yes, it was on the cliff.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: So my dad and my sister almost drowned. When their sailboat went down, and it was all oh my fault.
0: Although you could probably say it's more likely that your dad almost drowned. Like, your sister got to shore just fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, my sister's an excellent swimmer.
0: Yeah. So, apparently, <laughs> the uh, the Red Bluff Lookout is part of uh, Sandringham Beach Park, which it looks like you want to go up to a little side road called Bay Trail Road, and that brings you down to Edward St. Beach, which kind of gives you access to that big long stretch. Okay. Um, It definitely
1: looked like there was more to that area. Mm -hmm. There was more beach to that area than just that little crescent. Yeah. That there was more on either side. It was just we were going for this little crescent.
0: Yeah. So Red Bluff is the name of that giant thing of rock. Okay. That juts out onto the beach. It looks like if you park where I said in a parking area B13, there's a pathway that goes down to Half Moon Beach, which is just south of the bluff. What's cool about Half Moon Bay, Half Moon Beach, that you can walk down to, is that you can see there's a historic shipwreck Ooh. just out the water there. Probably easier to see from Black Rock Wharf proper, um, because there's a whole lot more parking there.
1: I wonder it. If- is it close enough in that you can just take some like simple snorkel gear and head out there and see some cool stuff?
0: I'm not sure. It's the historic shipwreck protected zone of the HMVS Cerberus. Oh,
1: you might not be allowed in there if it's protected.
0: Yeah, it doesn't say on Google Maps if you can
1: just swim out there.
0: It's a restricted area for swimming and boats. Small oh. beach, fish and chip shop next to the beach. That someone rated the the beach five stars. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently you could swim out to it in the 80s, but... Probably but not they so maybe much anymore.
1: upped the protection. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not that there's not plenty of things that you can go see.
0: Exactly. There's plenty of stuff to do around that area. But what just boggles my mind is the fact that she walks through these thick woods and comes to this beach, and I can't for the life of me figure out what wood she's walking through because Mad it's... Max movies doesn't say what oh. woods those are.
1: Oh. Now, I kind of assumed that it was on the same property as the house, mm. which is now a school.
0: And to say, and but, nowhere near this beach,
1: right? Like, but that's a foolish assumption kilometers. because we've seen in the past that you're, you know, they do a shot on a road. One looking one way is one road, and looking the other way is a completely different road. Yeah, in a different part of the country. <laughs> so that's probably a foolish assumption. Unless we can see, you know, the same trees in the same shot as the house, I think it's safer to assume that they're not the same place. Okay, let's get back to the minute. Yeah. So, the last thing that happens is we jump to the viewpoint of the top of the cliff. Yep. And a couple of bikes roll up. Now, I noticed that they rolled up very quietly.
0: Yeah. They do have their motors on. It's not like they cut their motors and coasted in. But it's not like they're... They're revving. Exactly. So,
1: okay. So, they probably... Because I did wonder if they cut their engines completely and just rolled in on, you know, momentum.
0: Yeah. Not from what I heard. Okay but they definitely weren't trying to make themselves out to be heard.
1: Okay. Cuz so I figured from from down at the bottom on the beach, if there were revving engines up on top, the sound would carry.
0: Yeah, but where they're just kind of idling as mm-hmm. they coast in, probably a lot easier to show up on un, unannounced. Yes. Now, I was looking at these bikes and they don't look like any of the bikes that the lieutenant's ride. Okay. So I'm kind of thinking so that these are two the of the Kawasakis. Yeah, just based on the front fairings, they're uh-huh. different. Okay. So I think these are probably a couple of the the unnamed gang yeah. members. Probably just posting up there to keep watch on the beach.
1: Yes, because this is they're committed to an all-day affair, mm-hmm. which we'll get in we'll get into more next Monday. So it would make sense that they have people spread out so they can know what's going on, and, you know, send a runner over to tell co- Toe Cutter that, all right, she's leaving, and stuff like that. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they got some sort of complicated signal plan going on here. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the last, the absolute last thing we see, and this is only the last second. Yes. Of the movie, is Jesse kind of walking out of the water after swimming for a while. So we have that to look forward to on Monday. Mm-hmm. Brings us to the end of the minute for today. So this airs the very end of April, beginning of May. I think May is the month where we finish recording.
1: Uh, yeah, because we have less than 30 episodes left. Mm-hmm. We have 28 episodes left as of episode 65. Yeah, so. Although only 20 episodes air a month, so it's going to spill into June a little. Yeah, so. Maybe by like a week or something.
0: So I know we like to keep up the the charade that we are recording these every day and releasing them every day. (laughs) But the truth be told, we record these way ahead of time. So by the time these episodes are airing, we are pretty much going to be almost done. We're going to finish regular recording, jump into hiatus recording. And so I think...
1: I'm really looking forward to hiatus recording.
0: Yeah I, think yeah, I
1: think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: It's getting into crunch time as far as us having to finally settle on what we're going to talk about. Yes. <laughs> so that'll be fun for us. Fun for me editing those final episodes. I'm very interested to see what we end up doing. Yes. For sure, because we've got three episodes of credits. The week before we do credits, we got some special guests lined up. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I think about this podcast on, on the daily way too much. <laughs> way too much. So, yeah, that's pretty much going to be what my weekend looks like thinking about this podcast way too much. Okay. So, I would hope that you think about this podcast over the weekend as well. Come see us on MadMaxMinute.com. Follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com MadMaxMinute. And after you like us, Head over to our listeners' page. Search for Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone.
1: Thank you for joining us for Mad Max Minute number sixty-five. Have a great weekend. Motorbikes and leather men, take me to the end of the
0: dream. Hold on tight, know it sure feels right.